Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello, how are you and welcome to the Glovers Cast. I'm back from overcast Cornwall with my two pals, Ben and Dave, who have really uh, held the fort for a week and raised the bar as well. Not only have they held the fort, but they've raised it, which is a bit of a nightmare uh, from my perspective. <laughs> so I think it's fair to say Ben has dug a trench round there made out of a mixing desk. He's put a he's put a drawbridge on it and you're now off going to try and get over. So unless you've heard some pretty special intro music here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think, yeah, Ben's in, Ben's in the hot seat for taking over this gig, I think. <laughs> Mind you, he's only got 19 other jobs to do, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Good so evening, thank- gents. How are we? <laughs> Thank you to both of you for uh, the hard work over the last week. Um, good stuff. Luckily, not a lot happened really in the world of Yeovil Town, other than a stri- uh, signing a Tanzanian striker, which is very exciting. Very oh, exciting. What do I haven't had? I haven't had chance to listen to um, your chat with an Oxford Oxford University student, a, a, a scholar of the Ottoman Empire. I'll have you know. No wow. Yeah, wow. Ben, Ben, off the air. Ben engaged him in a very highbrow debate about that. Yeah, where he said the Ottoman what? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> um, so what was 
what's the view on him? What's the view on our new boy, Ada Youssef? I know I think... the, uh, Tim from Fearless and Devotion wasn't overly enamoured enamored with him, but... There's a, there's a quiet sort of reserved optimism, really. I think the fact that he was trialling this summer with, with Hartlepool, with good clubs in the Football League, um, and has made his way to us... Um, he does have a scoring record when he's given the right conditions. And I think that's that's where the if comes in. He was given the right conditions at Solihull. He was given the right partners. And we, we spoke about having um, having sort of the right people alongside him, making the chances. He's not going to run for days for you, I'm afraid. He's not going to run you into the ground. He may look a little bit frustrating, especially if we are under the cosh a bit. But I think if we're in a position to put some attacking intent together and to make some chances... He might be the kind of, uh, I don't want to say fox in the box, it's not quite the right thing, but the right place, right time kind of guy that, yeah, maybe does get us a few goals. Look, he's got a, the weight of a county on his shoulders, a town certainly, um, at the moment as a goal scorer, but I'd rather have him than not, I think is the early early thoughts. Um, but he's, he's, he's going to have to he's gonna have to find some goals. Yeah, well, I, I noticed the title of that. It was the title of that podcast... I'd rather have Andrew McCollin. No, that was the stage. one before. That was we... the oh, one right. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's our low Benkop. Yeah, we were discussing a... our attacking options, and <laughs> I just kind of got very unfussy about the whole thing, wondering what Andre McCollin and Craig Calver were up to. But um, yeah, <laughs> so probably an upgrade on them. A step up. I'm yeah better than Andre McCollin. There that's you go. Good, that, that'll be on his grave stone. I mean, yeah, we, did have, we did have him in League One, Andre McCollin, to be, and he did score a goal. He gave away a penalty as well. I remember him coming on and giving away a penalty at Hewish Park. Oh, nice. And I mean, Russell, Russell Slade was not happy about it because he'd sort of just an inexperienced striker defending a corner and he just like nudged nudged a player, easy penalty. And that was that. I remember him scoring. He scored against Scunthorpe. So he scored against uh, very late on in the game. Um, it was like we were 3-0 down and it was just to make it 3-1. And it was like a tap-in for about half a millimetre. Um, and that was it. He will forever go down as being a, a genuine, bona fide Yeovil goal scorer. One of the Fisher boys, wouldn't he? Fisher Athletic. I was going to say, I think if you are the lesser of Gavin Tomlin, then you're, as a striker, that probably says something about how you are considered as a striker, doesn't it? But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, was it was it three we got? Because it was Kieran yeah, Murta. Kieran well, Murta, Murta, yeah, Tomlin and uh, McCollin. Yeah, and that was just what, after we picked up Nathan Smith from Potter's Bar as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all around that time where we seemed to dig out. We thought we were the new Peterborough, going for <laughs> non-league gems and selling them on for tens of millions of pounds. Yeah, we never pulled out a Vardy, did we? Really? No, we didn't find a Vardy. McCollin, he was not. <laughs> Maybe Sorry, Yusuf Dave. is. Maybe yeah. Yusuf is. Who knows? Darren Bent, he was described as, wasn't he? Yeah, that was the... Goal um... from the Solio. So he was a like a Darren Bent-type player. Put put the ball in the box and, and the likelihood is that he'll finish it. But um, which, to be fair, thinking to last season and thinking of our midfield this um, this year with Knowles and you know potentially Wakefield, do you think there's going to be lots of opportunities at least to get the ball in the box? And... I can't remember, Ian. We're trying to remember back to that Forest Green friendly. Did you say Gorman was had good delivery into the box? I seem to remember him yeah. a bit of Stratford having good delivery into the box. So yeah, his set pieces were yeah were Diaz esque. I would say. Wow, yeah. great delivery, high. great delivery. Yeah, um, and 
of course, we don't get many Tanzanians to your pound in English football these days, right. adding to a, a an increasingly eclectic list of of nations to have represented of of represented Yeovil Town. Um, we've had a few, haven't we? Have we got um, any in that book? Is that you know? Hang on, hang on, wait. He's getting the book. He's getting the book. He's oh, all I can if he's not is... got it on the page already, ready oh, to right. go. Like, should we have go a pop on. quiz? Should we have a pop quiz? Oh, I can see a copy of the book by my, my headset wire. It isn't long enough to go and grab it. <laughs> right, here we go. Let's talk about, can anyone name the only Seychelles international to represent us in the Football League between oh. the first... This is, this is for the benefit of the tape, Martin McConaughey's wonderful book, 10, um, to have listed all the players and nations to have represented us in the first 10 years of playing in the Football League. Seychelles, anybody? Was he the guy who's now the Man United coach? No. Justin Cochran. No, oh, no. it's not him. Okay. Glover's cast listeners, are you shouting the answer at you? Go on. I bet Nigel Dyson is. Uh, yeah, Nigel. Nigel Dyson is. Of course he is. He knows. He knows. Uh, Kevin Betsy for Seychelles. Anybody? Oh, I was going to say Betsy. Kevin Betsy. You were close uh, with, yeah, is he just taking over at United? Because he's now at Arsenal. Isn't Arsenal, he? yeah. Oh, yeah. Guadeloupe. Oh, that was the guy that we had from, no. Was Zubar? No, not Stefan Zubar. Who did he play for? Is this book? This book is pre. Oh is yeah, pre relegation. Yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm not sure where. What Stephen a loop! Zubar. Blimey! No. What a loop! Forty five minutes got sent off, never seen again. Oh, career of guilt. No, 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 no. no. Yuga. Nope. Yuga. Nope. Flavian Belson. Oh, Belson. Central African Republic. Never even heard of the Central African Republic. It's Congo, isn't it? Oh, is it? Is it? Congo. Uh, no, it's not, is it? But blimey, we had a player from the Central African Republic. We did also only ever played one game for us. Ah. <laughs> We're really scraping about. And you have, and you have mentioned him. Oh, you, is it Baga Yugo? Yugo. Kelly Yuga. Kelly Yuga. Um, what should we have? Should we have a couple more? Let's go with. Oh, this is an easy one. Democratic Republic of Congo. It's an easy one. <laughs> oh, is it? Kalala. Yeah, JP Kalala. We know that one. Um, another easy one. Morocco. Abdu. Oh, Abdu, Abdu yeah. Al Kolti. Bosnia Herzegovina. Begovic. Asmir Begovic. We're starting to get uh, a New Zealand. Rory oh, Fallon. Fallon. Yeah, nice. Rory. Okay. Very cool. Uh, Antigua and Barbuda, but you cannot have Justin Cochran. One of the oh, I was going to say Justin Cochran. I knew he played. Reese Brown. Nope. Reese Brown did play for them. What, for Antigua and Barbuda? I think so. Or was, or was he Barbados? He was somewhere in the Caribbean, wasn't he? He's not was he Jamaica? Him. No, that's just Smith and Johnson, that's... according to this. Gr- um, Grant? No, Grant, Joel no. Grant played for Jamaica, didn't he? Joel Grant was Jamaica. Yeah. Um, where Reese Brown is an Antiguan footballer. So oh, okay. In that I'm case, g- you can I'm have gonna... him. That was, this was obviously... Might have been post-book. Pre-Reese Brown, yes. Um, you could have had James Walker or Kieran Murta. And let's finish with... Let's finish with... Wales. No, you can't have Wales. You can have... <laughs> Canada. Wagner. No, we can't have him. Another Canada. <laughs> Another um, Canada? Gavin McCallum. Yes, oh, well, nice. Mark Bircham. Yes, the other one. Bonus oh. points for the fourth. Canadian, this is a toughie. Loan deal, Ipswich Town. Oh, oh, what was his name? 
I always spelt his first name wrong. Not Darren oh, Sal, is it? Is... <laughs> no, that's the second name he spells wrong. Oh, yeah, that's um... right. <laughs> uh, oh, this is going to bother me. This is going to... Oh, Jamie, I know, Jamie, Peters. Jamie Peters. Jamie Peters. Neither <laughs> of you get the first? point. Jaime. <laughs> Jaime Peters. Jaime Peters. Jamie uh, Peters, not Jamie. Yeah. There you go. In, uh, that, that was a fun pop quiz. I enjoyed that. Around the world in 80 Glovers. Oh. Easy, easy for you to say. You were looking at all the answers. <laughs> yeah he freezes when he's answering the questions but <laughs> yeah. always uh, been a natural host we found that out this past week yeah we have we have indeed so what are we talking about well there's been no well, football yeah what i mean should we talk about what happened yesterday in the in the national league yes match day one of the national league and all mine and ben's predictions of stockport county Walking away with this title of, 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 are up in flames, aren't they? Well, already, well, yeah. So, already. so here's a here's a quirk from match day one. Not a single home team won. Yeah. Everything was an away win with the exception of one draw. That was Solihull Wrexham. And that was only avoided being an away win thanks to a 94th minute Solihull equaliser. Otherwise, yeah. we would have had a clean sweep of away wins. That's incredible. We do have a question on this later, don't we, about what, how, how, how did that happen? And I was thinking, I mean, you look at some of the um, away crowds that there were at some of these games. I know that's not the case for all of them, but, but Wrexham, uh, Chesterfield and Notts County and Southend were all away from home, all mm. won and all had more um, away supporters than, um, than the home crowd, I think. Wow. And maybe with the exception of Chesterfield, who had, I think, had a thousand uh, older shot. But Notts County had more than Barnet, and they won 5 0 at Barnet. And, um, uh, and Southend had more than um, Kings Lynn, wasn't yeah. it? And they, uh, and they won there. And uh, Wrexham, as you say, got a, got a draw at, uh, at Solihull. But that must have felt like a, to, to use a cliche, must have felt like a, a home game for some of them. Mm, definitely very 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 strange set of results not a lot of home teams even scored in fact Solihull were the only team to score more than once Halifax only got one Stockport one Torquay one Wealdstone one and yet they all conceded plenty I mean like you say Barnet Barnet shipped five yeah. against Notts County that's a little bit of a statement from Notts County I know that uh, Barnet had a man sent off and after that it all the kind of un- off, didn't they? yeah it all kind of unraveled after that a little bit but Nevertheless, I don't think it was a keeper that got sent off for Barnet, was it? Was it not yeah. left back? I thought it was a keeper, yeah. Joe, someone or other. I'm sure I wrote it in my roundup that it was the keeper. So if I was wrong, <laughs> then I better go and change that. But, uh, but Flash Gores has got it listed as Josh Doherty, a midfielder. Oh, right. Okay. He got sent off for Barnet. Maybe, well, maybe maybe I got that wrong. When I looked on live score, it had him at the top of the team. So unless they've just mixed all the players up and made me think that he was a goalkeeper, then I uh, um, then maybe I've got that wrong. But don't worry about it, Dave. It's fine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're it's not. not you're not. A, you're not a resident there, Barnet expert, so don't worry. There about you it. go, Barnet. It does. It does say him at the top of the top of the top of the pile. But yeah, maybe the goalkeeper was someone else. There we go. Yeah, well, I mean, that doesn't, you know, that's not the best start for Barnet and our arch nemesis, Harry Kuehl. But I think, you know, they're, they're a club with with a reasonable amount of money and they seem to be trying to do a, a bit more of a setup with a director of football and things like that. And it was interesting that they did capitulate so much. Perhaps we're going to see the 
Notts County effect with their their new man having had a preseason there to get their players playing how he wants how he wants them to. It's all sort of been bigged up by him, hasn't it? And he's going to be the um, you know the Graham yeah. Potter Graham of Potter non-league. <laughs> I mean, they've yeah. got some good players when you look at what Notts County have uh, got. And as we said on uh, Thursday night, they brought in good players on top of good players, haven't they? So, yeah, yeah they're definitely going to be be around there. But, yeah, if you do go on our website, ladies and gentlemen, you will see that Ian has added his 1-23 to, to Ben and I's 1-23. And even after the first game, he still put Stockport to win it. So, um uh, it's probably not that disastrous that they they didn't play well by the sound by reading what Stockport fans said about them. Said they uh, they got really turned over by by Dagenham, who I think will. I mean, what have you put them as sixth, finishing sixth? Ian, is that right? Dagenham? Yeah, well, they had a great run towards the end of last yeah. season, and they were beating. You know, they were beating big teams. I, I mean, there was an outside chance they were going to. They were trying to sneak, sneak in. Sneak in. So yeah, I think you know the progression would be to for them to press on and I think that result is quite a big statement from them on Saturday if they were gonna if they were gonna do anything um that was gonna say look we're not you can't write us off yet that was gonna be it wasn't it on the opening day of the season so much expectation and anticipation for Stockport County and I think similar for Wrexham really I mean I know it was away from home but everyone's looking at them and you know we were fearing the absolute worst of having to play them at home in the first game of the season. Um, what a different podcast this might have been had had yeah. we not had a COVID outbreak. Um, yeah, so I think a, a fascinating first weekend. Um, Weymouth losing, which is great. Um, Torquay losing, Torquay. which is always pleasant. Yeah. Even though Ronaldo played uh, 82 minutes for Torquay. There's a new rule. I I mentioned Ronaldo. I didn't mention anyone else. (laughs) Well, in your roundup, you mentioned someone else. Oh, I did, didn't I? Yeah. (laughs) But I I probably called him a, I don't know, left back or something like that. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Striker. Striker extraordinaire. Um, I did mention that uh, Kings Lynn had their striker, Junior Morea, sent off in the game against uh, 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 Southend, which sounded like it was for a stamp on a player. So he's out for the game at the Oval on, uh, on, on, on the weekend. And Darren Saar was in the stands watching, apparently. So he'll be all over it. Someone pointed out that, hang on a minute, haven't you ever got COVID? He shouldn't be here, should he? So what's Kings Lynn go down with COVID next week? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So let's I mean, not, let's not predict. Let's not tempt fate. No. It is. It's a bit of interesting, an interesting one that because in his presses he often talks about how he doesn't really pay too much attention to what the, the other teams do, or that you know he's mainly focused on how we play. Certainly last season and the season before, it felt like he was so driven by what we were going to do on the pitch. Um, so I wonder if that's a, a change. I'm not really sure if it is a change because we don't really, you know, not many people will spot if a manager's there. I guess it's a bit of a novelty for Saul to be able to go to. It's a bit of a trick, uh, though. Uh, yeah. It's a real effort. That is an effort to go to watch a game for was that. It at, was it at South End? No, at no, King's Lynn. I think King's Lynn. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's a novelty. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's a novelty for him to be able to go and watch... An opponent on a 
Saturday before because, you know, we would be playing. Maybe so... he was scouting a player. <sighs> Reese Murphy? No, he, don't, he, he, uh... he, he didn't find the net. He doesn't impress me a lot. The, uh, the lad <laughs> Dolby does. If, if, he, if he's there to sign Sam Dolby, that'd be fine. That'd be it. <laughs> Nathan Ralph plays for South End as well, who I'd completely forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, interesting that he's gone. Probably a good thing. Um, if we lose and he hadn't gone, we might have been complaining that he had a good opportunity to go and watch them. <laughs> and if we win, well done, Darren. If we play. <laughs> if we play, yeah. yeah. If we, um, well, I don't know what's going to happen between now and uh, and the weekend, whether we're going to have, you know, what opportunities he is there a behind closed doors match that he can play? I don't know. It's an under twenty three side or something like that. Taunton Town. Are they not playing? Well, I don't know. I'm just sort of. Uh, All right. They're, so they're, 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 they're having to, I'm going to say they're happy to play us regardless of what's going on. They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, maybe there will be. I mean, we know we haven't got enough players to do that sort of preparation yeah. in in trading. Right. So. You know, we need to do something. I'm what are Chelsea to up to? Can their reserves thrash us 13 0 as well? Well, they just. Bloody hell, was that their reserves? Flipping out. It was a blooming good reserve side, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thiago Silva. They are European champions for a reason, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. They can put out a second string with a whole lot of international caps to put 13 past Weymouth. <laughs> oh, that's not the best preparation. Not the best start of a season, is it? Well, let's okay then. Let's let's ask the question: If 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 you're Weymouth and you're offered the chance to go to sell, uh, to Chelsea's training ground and play, Thomas Tuchel wants to give Kepa Arizabalaga and he wants to give Callum Hudson a doy ninety minutes. He wants to give these players who just aren't playing a lot of minutes. He wants to give them ninety minutes, knowing full well you're going to get turned over. Do you turn that down? There was a chat afterwards that he kind of that Thomas Tuchel spent a bit of time. Um, with the Weymouth players doing a bit of a coaching session with them afterwards and and trying to give a little bit back, would you say, no, thanks, I don't want to get spanked 13-0? Or would you go, take the spanking and then try and take something from it? Because I've had I've had this thought myself, like, that cannot be helpful the Tuesday before a season starts. But actually, I think I'd still do it if you were offered it. What does Thomas Tuchel know about Borehamwood? Not a lot by the sounds of it, does he? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, I think... Tyro Marsh is a decent player. Said too cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's a good lad. The lad, <laughs> the lad, <laughs> the lad Marsh. Yeah, <laughs> I remember him when I was at Borussia Dortmund. I almost signed him. <laughs> I signed Harland instead. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I'd take your point. I think you probably would bite, you know, bite the hand off to have that opportunity to use the facilities, be around that, and just have that experience as a non-league player to get that opportunity is That's massive, isn't third it? round stuff, isn't it? That's, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is without the, the, you know, without the money. Yeah, true. <laughs> but it's also one of those things where if you run round for 90 minutes chasing shadows, is that good on the legs physically? Like, mm. while well, you've got that mentally and that experience, fantastic. But, you know, before your game kicks off, you're knackered because you've had to chase... Did Kante play? You had to chase him around the pitch for 90 minutes. No, Barkley Kante, played, I think. Yeah, Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley there, certainly he? played. Hudson Adoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. James Thiago got a couple of goals. He obviously yeah. scored, scored today. today. Yeah. 
Sorry about that. Sorry to mention that to an Arsenal fan. Batshuayi, I think, as well. Oh, yeah, Mishi Batshuayi played you. Who's an Arsenal fan? You were. Last time I checked. <laughs> I'm a Yeovil Town fan. It's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't followed Arsenal for for too long. <laughs> Two weeks. Yeah. Well, no. A lot longer. Than that. It's a problem with having a useless owner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. those cronkies. Those damn cronkies. Oh, the cronkies, right? Yeah, cronkies. absolutely. Um, on a serious note, there was um a, a special match, wasn't there, yesterday in the memory of Lee Collins? At, was it Congleton? Congleton, yeah, Congleton yeah. Down versus Port Vale All Stars, who included um well, Chris Dagnall appeared to play. I think he played for Congleton. And Carl Dickinson played for Port Vale. Yeah. yeah Adam Smith played as well, didn't he? The, the goalie we had on loan last year, Adam Smith played as well. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, he played. He was I in goal. Uh, for Congleton, or for the. Um, I couldn't tell you. I saw him in the team photo more than anything. Oh, okay. A couple of uh, a couple of former Yeovil players, I think, went there. I saw Sam Foley on his Instagram was there at the game today. Was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's obviously at Tranmere now, isn't he? So. Yeah, so I think, and that was coupled with uh, an open letter from his uh, Lee Collins friends and former colleagues um, to to call on the PFA to do more to support players. Um, you know, the thing with especially lower league players who after retiring and that sort of stuff, there's not the opportunities there that there might be for the older, um, higher quality ones at the top. Um, and I think it's, you know, from, from what happened with the inquest, which you can read elsewhere on the internet. Um, obviously Lee was struggling with what he was going to do after football and struggling with injuries. And, you know, it's not just in professional football that we hear about this stuff, but, there's a you know there has to be a growing concern for players especially over you know the covid times and and how they've had to adjust mentally to you know not seeing their families and things like that because they've had to stay in their bubble of their clubs and and you know so that they can get a game on they need to not mix with other people um it's it's a big big issue everywhere but one that when there's so much money in football as there is, you know, football has the resources to help. Um, and like you said, uh, I, I've said to other people, you know, if a player's broken his leg, he gets top physical um, physiotherapy and surgery and everything to help him through that as a physical injury. But it doesn't appear that there is quite the same for mental injury. I think it's it's stark. The The word football comes in and then money is assumed with these players. Um, and of course, at our level, they're not on world-changing amounts of money. They're on good money. They're on money that I would probably want, but they're not going to be on money that settles them for the rest of their life and they can buy three houses and three cars and their families and their kids and their kids' kids and their kids' kids' kids, kids are settled and sorted. At the top, they are. 
but down at our level they're not and i thought that was a very stark reminder that actually they're playing for mortgages and they're playing for their rents and they're playing to keep their kids in school and keep food on the table and things like that so when you are questioning things like where's my next pay packet where's my next contract coming from you can understand where these where these thoughts and 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 horrible horrible feelings do come in so having having that sort of um preemptive help rather than reactive help i think is is what the 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 open letter is calling upon and i think would be a very a very welcome step talk of uh, well-being officers in amongst every club or or in amongst very small groups of clubs in areas that people can get involved with personally and, and go to and, and speak and say that's my job i'm here to make sure the well-being of everybody is okay and whether that's linked to the pfa or whether that's funded through sort of a central position i i don't really know but um yeah i think it's it's something that could do with being a little bit more preemptive i guess it's sad that you have to have something as tragic and horrific as this to sort of trigger that but if you can do something to prevent something else happening then yeah, I think it's right to to ask those questions. And I the the open letter is is very difficult to read and very honest and open to read, but also at the same time quite um I don't know what's I, I don't know what I'm looking for, but like quite positive to read. Of this is not just a case of somebody saying your system's broken, fix it. It's someone saying actually, can we have a look and here are some ideas and here's how we can be proactive, um, which I think is the right way to go about it. So. Hopefully, hopefully we've started to see the start of some change and the start of some sort of better things in that respect. Yeah, and what a, what a legacy, you know, it could leave for, you know, Lee's passing could, you know, lead to something that yeah. protects and saves lives of other footballers who are struggling. If this sort of thing was to come in, to place and i think it's you know i said you have a physiotherapist why wouldn't you have a well-being officer someone who's able to even if it's like a you know it's a sports psychology thing as well isn't it we used to have a chap mark lader who was part of gary johnson's staff who helped the players prepare um mentally and like visualizing how things were going to happen and what was going to happen and i'm sure there are others like that who you know, would be able to step in and support. So let's hope there is some change. Yeah, I don't know if the two of you, uh, I think I know some of you did, they heard Rachel Gibbons, Lee's partner, on yeah. Sky Sports as well. And I think she said exactly what you said there, Ben, about she says uh, football in general needs to be more proactive in helping these footballers rather than what they are at the moment, which is reactive. What happened to Lee is the worst possible scenario and everything has been reacted to that. It's, um, if there's things in place beforehand, be proactive. That's what these footballers, these men need. And she also made the point, these aren't big fancy superstars that earn mega bucks. These are just regular guys. They could be living next door to you. And she said, even though Lee lived within his wage packet, he didn't have a, you know, a big nest egg of savings to be able to fall back on. So, um, you know, it's obviously something that was well noticed by her by the sounds of it but you know not um not not something that was picked up by anybody who uh lee played with because um as ian mentioned that the inquest that there was suggested that you know there, there'd been issues for a while but 
I don't know as well if you saw the PFA's response to all of this. I didn't get the impression from their response, at least in the statement, that they're really planning on changing anything. The only, there's only one line in their statement which made me think they could be, um, which was, we are committed to continually improving our education and well-being support, which also includes evaluating the way football as a whole supports players. But other than that, it seemed to be obviously giving their best to please family and friends and teammates and then saying what they do do. And I think it would be unfair to say that the PFA don't do anything, but... Um, certainly seems from those who are, are close to it than we are that there's there's a lot more that could be done i feel like there's a, there's a a paragraph in the in the open letter that i think really kind of i i didn't know this but it talks about how he'd made his pfa contributions and and played in the football league for for 10 or 12 years or whatever and a quote here neither he nor his family have received anything in return due to him playing for Yeovil Town in the National League at the time of him passing. Not only that, existing rules mean that once a player drops out of the EFL and into the National League, they instantly lose out on the death in service benefit, leaving Lee's surviving spouse and family with nothing. We talk about how close the National League, especially the top end of the National League, is to being a League One, League Two club in every single sense of the word. You know, you drop out of the National League as Southend and Grimsby have done, and they would be expecting to still be able to play a quality of football worthy of League Two in the same way that we would, in the same way that, you know, clubs that drop out of one and try and get into the other. People talk about it's time for three up, three down. Well, actually, that's only just on the pitch. Off the pitch, we are a million miles away from these two divisions being close enough, aren't we, really? As we've seen with with minor important things like ups and downs and relegations and promotions and stuff they've been squabbling whilst we've been cutting seasons short but actually go even deeper still to the actual stuff that matters and the protection of our players actually they seem even further away still so at the very least surely something can be done there to keep that protection in place and that's that's one thing that really stood out to me like how can you just lose that benefit just because you've dropped out of the football league, you're still in the same position. Arguably, you're actually in a slightly worse position because you're, you know, you've just been relegated. So those kind of things, those kind of easy, easy ticking of boxes, that's all that is. That's just someone going, oh, actually, no, that does make sense. Let's protect the National League as well. Let's protect anyone who's a full-time professional. That makes complete sense. So, um, yeah, that seems to be, that seems to be one of the sentences that's really come out for me and then, talking about going forward with with well-being officers and having people having a name and a face that you can that just turns up at the club like you say if it's mark later great if it's someone of that ilk or whether it is an ex-professional whose job is to i guess in our area it would be bristol city bristol rovers exeter plymouth or whatever and he visits the club once a week five clubs five days and goes and sees everybody or something like that i don't know but there seems to be easy wins that can be put in place to just put an extra blockade in the process. Yeah, there it does. There it does. Was there anything else we wanted to chat through before questions? I can't believe it's been such a quiet week. I mean, I've been very much out of the loop because the part of Cornwall I was in has no phone signal. So it was quite nice to be <laughs> quite nice to be cut off a little bit, actually. Um had a lot of things happened, I probably would be very annoyed, but you know, they didn't, they didn't, yeah. so they didn't. It's they fine. didn't kick a ball, 
Yeah. Ben did a Ben did a good job of making it seem like it was really busy by editing together a, a million different interviews. So uh, <laughs> interviews <laughs> interviews is pushing its luck. You're doing a wow, lot. Of, okay, yeah. The word interviews is doing a lot of work there. We badgered people for voice notes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of which we're very grateful for. Um, and if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it because it took me friggin' ages to put together. <laughs> but we do have a lot of questions that uh, people want to know about your camping trip. Here. I, I want to know. <laughs> There's I a lot know. of questions. <laughs> I can, I, can, I, can we rattle off some of yeah, the questions? Yeah, go, go for it. Go for it. So, quick, so quick Clevo, fire. to start with, and this one's probably for Ben as well, we'll let, let Ben and you answer this. Okay. Clevo, damp canvas over caravan or hotel apartment with a proper roof over your head. Discuss. Ben. I'm, I'm a fan of a roof. I am. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and a mattress and things like that. Now, I'm not averse to say, I don't mind a chalet. I've done a plenty of a chalets in my time. I've done plenty of uh, of sort of uh, drive-in chalet type things where the mattresses are a bit iffy and the roofs are a bit thin, but they aren't going to blow away. So, but no, not not going for the uh, not going for the camping lot for me. It's definitely I need some sort of structure. Okay, Ian, I think we know where you're going to go with this. Uh, do you damp canvas? Uh, well, my canvas wasn't damp. It's not really canvas either anymore. All right. Okay. Um, I feel like we've got a professional. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, we've got. We've got a. Yeah, we've got a thirteen hundred pound tent that it, the poles in you inflate it, and it won't blow away. And you know, it's got. You know, it doesn't have a toilet. That's the one thing that it doesn't have. So we have to go to the toilet in the toilet block. No chemical toilets. All this chemical toilet stuff is all a total myth. Um, oh, <laughs> it's just well. a nor- just a normal toilet, a normal shower. Um, we we have blow up beds, so we do have mattresses. Uh, Sounds yeah. idyllic. I mean, yeah. the ne- the next holiday I'm going on, I'm going into like a cottage. So it's not you know, I don't just do camping. How many holidays are you having? Yeah, we've got <laughs> we've got a couple actually. We've got and you know we've got a, a chalet in April. Actually, I think I, I I think he's siphoning off cash from this. I was going to say, yeah, maybe. on Three Valley Radio clearly paying too much. What cash? Yeah, the terrorists have, have sent him like a signing on fee. But... <laughs> okay, next question, and this 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 does go on from Chris Sweet. Why were chemical toilets or toilets in any sense deemed better company for a week than speaking to Ben and Dave? <laughs> Something about much less bleep. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Either way, it's toilet humour. A good question, as always, from... Was it those Chris. puns? Was it Ben's <laughs> puns that made toilets a <laughs> I mean, there wasn't any chemical toilets, so can't do That's that. Better. You know, I mean, I just didn't want to talk about nothing, try and talk about nothing for a week, to be honest with you. We're doing a good job tonight, <laughs> I have to say. But, yeah. Okay, well, last question on the camping anyway. Mike Cleverly, and this is one for all of us, I think. Where's the worst place you've ever slept? And then he adds, and why did it involve a tent in August? <laughs> so, Ben, where's the worst place you've ever slept? I'm trying to think. I'm not, I'm not, I've never been one of those sort of party animals, so I've never been one to fall asleep on a park bench at three o'clock in the morning, and I'm certainly not a, uh, a, uh, a festival kind of guy i've never done your glastonbury's and your leeds and reddings not for me none of that's for me so the worst place i've ever slept i mean maybe some slightly uncomfortable floors somewhere something like that it's not it's not it's not a great answer but i i like to make sure i've always got somewhere i can stick my head down at night 
I did sleep on a bench outside of Odcombe Parish Church, if any of you know Odcombe, just outside of Yeovil. I was probably about 17 or something like that, walked home from a night out in Yeovil, which is a fair <laughs> way to Odcombe, and then, and then got as far as the, the bench, decided to have a sit down and then woke up the next morning when the milkman came past and gave me a dig in the ribs and looked to check I was still alive. So The tactical sit down. This park bent, this is bent outside the church was probably about, I don't know, it was il- less than five minutes to my house. So, <laughs> for <laughs> whatever reason, you. for whatever yeah. reason, but it was God, like a good perhaps, idea at the time. Perhaps it was God calling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a calling from God. I'd been to, um, oh God, I can't even remember what the nightclub was called. Not Le Jardin, was it? No, I think it was called Studios. And it was like down by where the... He's that old, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, 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 Studios. I don't know what on earth it is now, but it was the where the underground car park is to Tesco. As you come out of there, there's like a built. If you're coming out of it, there's like a building on your right hand side. It used to be a nightclub called Studios. This is like the late nineties, so that's yeah, when it's, I was it's probably there. flats now. Yeah, probably, probably. If anyone okay. knows what Studios was, is... I'm googling. Okay, so Ian, okay. where's the worst place you've ever slept? Um, I've got, a, I've got a couple. I mean, I've, I've done festivals. Um, I wouldn't say you know, the experience of being at a festival outweighs just sleeping on the floor with a hoodie for a pillow. Um, I would just, you know, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make to just be one of the lucky 250,000 people to go to Glastonbury. Um, Then what else? Oh, I've got a Yeovil Town related one. Um, Sorry about this, Alex. I'm going to disparage your flat. So my mate Alex had a flat in Greenwich. Um, and so the night after watching Yeovil lose at Charlton when we played them in the championship, um, slept in his flat. It was not the nicest of blocks uh, in terms of the the tenants who lived there. And I slept. Did you have like bars over the door when he went in? Was it that uh, kind of place? It was like Harry Brown type <laughs> blocks, um, and very grateful for the sofa that I got to sleep on although it was one of those small sofas so I had to sort of fold my legs you know cross my legs while I slept because I or all the blood was going to run from my feet to my waist and I'd have no like you know (laughs) I'd have like numb legs all night so it wasn't the best sofa to sleep on um other than that, I'm not sure. I've not really done the drunk sleep. I mean, a mate of mine, well, the first year I went to Glastonbury, a mate of mine never came back to the tent, or he came back to the tent at like four in the morning with half of his face covered in mud and the other half not covered in mud because he'd fallen asleep. He'd found some like, um, I think they were like sleepers <laughs> um, <laughs> to, <laughs> <What>? lie, <laughs> to lie on. And yeah, so half of he was like two-faced, like half of his face was covered in mud and the other wasn't. Um, so that's a third party worst night's sleep, but yeah, I think I've, I've covered that. Do you think? Okay. So I think we've covered off the camping questions now. So we asked them about football instead. Can I just, can I just do the studio thing? I found out. Oh, what go on. Yeah. It. What, what, what is studios now? Uh, there was a, this is from Somerset live. There was a time when this was the place to be where the Yeovil quote in, in crowd, <laughs> frequented, the in crowd. 
and queues stretch back to NatWest Bank. After the heady days, though, the appeal... <laughs> That's of... not that far. <laughs> That's not that far from there. The appeal of studios waned and it was renamed Arena. Oh, and after right. becoming old and tired, a bit like Dave, it was closed <laughs> down and fittingly built on for retirement flat. So you'll be back. Oh, there you go. That's <laughs> it will it. come, it will I come want, full I, circle. I, exactly. I want a retirement flat that was the dance floor of the studio. So that's what I want, where I probably threw up at some point. As a Your circle of life has sorted <laughs> itself back around. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Let's talk about football. Why not, hey? Louis HD YouTube on Twitter says, can we expect to see any signings this week before the game against Kings Lynn? Can we? I hope so. Three loan spots to fill, haven't we? I think so. we need some, yeah, I think we need, well, we've got one striker, but if Reed's out for a long time, I'd quite, like, quickly. A, quite like another one. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Sunny just, Blue. Yeah, is he more of a midfielder, though? An attacking La Trequiesta. La Trequiesta, that's right, yeah. Isn't it Trequartista? All right. <laughs> Oh, comes back here with his pronunciations. Do you see he took the opening line as well? Just come back and assumes he's on opening line as well. Unbelievable. Okay. So we, um, we, we don't know if we can expect him, but we are hoping for him. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I think we all agree we wanted two strikers and I wanted a left back as well because I think Jordan Barnett's going to be far more attacking for us this season. So I wanted two strikers and a left back. We've got one, two to go. Yeah. Okay. Centre midfielder? No, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with our centre midfield. Gorman and Staunton and Worthington will 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 see us by, and who knows? Maybe I'll be Skendy. What if, two, what, if, what if two of them get injured? Put Bradley in midfield as well. He's played in midfield. Yeah, got sent top. off when he played there, but he, he's yeah. at right back because Mark Little's injured. <laughs> who's, who's next? Toby right. Stevens. Ha! In your face. Move on. Right. Predictions for the game against. Against Kings Lynn, lineup, score, attendance, etc. Blimey, right? Oh, that's Crikey a lot of predictions. Yeah. So, less, less than 1,500. Oh, yeah, it's going to be low. Yeah, it is. I think it is going to be low. I think there's, I think there's not that many people yet ready to, to go back for a number of reasons because they feel like the squad isn't quite there yet. We haven't seen an awful lot of us this year. We haven't had a lot of time on things like season tickets and whatnot and things like that. So, yeah, I think attendance is going to be fairly low and obviously Kingsland won't bring many so I also yeah. think people will be away on holiday still yeah there's there's that as well yeah bank, and it's bank holiday weekend yeah. I mean I can't go because it's uh, my brother-in-law's 30th so yeah lots of those sort of things I'm and we're playing around. two days later away at Aldershot I know there's a lot of people excited about the first away day yeah so if, you, if you've got your uh, I'll be there Coatsy's <laughs> going home yeah he's coming home <laughs> <laughs> They'll be singing um, it in the streets of Oldershot. Uh, yeah. Not sure on the lineup. I think we could probably run through a lineup pretty easily. I, I, I we? thought we were pretty sure on the lineup. I think we Smith, kind of picked yeah. it. Bradley, Grant, Hunt, Barnett, Wilco, um, Barnett. Hunt. Bradley. Knowles. Wake, yeah, Wakefield, Knowles, Gorman, Staunton, Low Everton, and Quigley. Not Yusuf. Oh, you're not going Quigley, uh, Yusuf. No, I, think, I think you think Yusuf will go in over quickly. I think quickly has to start for the first game. Yeah, I think Yusuf, Yusuf, and and quickly. Oh, you're not playing Low Everton. Well, maybe Low Everton instead of Wakefield. Maybe this isn't so easy to pick. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure Low Everton's going to get straight in. Is he? 
do it. I don't know. I think I think there's 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 just quiet levels of this kid could be a bit of something. Yeah. Darren yeah. Sell rates him. Yeah. Well, Watford rate him. If Watford are sticking him in the first team during pre-season, they must give him something. Okay. So I think there's I think we may see him. You you, you might be right in that he might start the season in sort of 30-minute bursts, but I don't think it's long before he's in the in the starting eleven. And the score. One nil. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a narrow win. We'll, we'll, I think we'll either nick it or draw. No, I think we win. I do think we win, but I don't think we thrash Kingsland. I don't think we thrash anybody this year oh, in no. the way we're going to set up. But I do feel like their main striker not being available, Gold on Mateo being okay at this level, but not exactly pulling up trees. I think we'll keep a clean sheet. I think this is sort of where we start to see the, the, the benefit of having a Staunton available. And then it's whether we can go up the other end and, and get one. And I think we've got enough about us to make enough chances to get one. Tommy Knowles maybe doing what he does best, jinking inside and just popping one in the corner or or making a bit of a chance for a Yusuf and a Quigley, trying to get a bit of creativity going. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be it's going to be one nil. It might even take us a while to break them down. Nil nil at halftime, a few grumpy vo- moans in the, in the crowd and then, and then we break them down 60, 70 minutes. It did sound like from reading the reports from their game against South End that they did they didn't embarrass themselves against a decent South End side. So yeah, yeah. they've gone full time, haven't they, Kings? Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise that until yeah. yeah. So I think I think it'll be I think it'll be a hard game if they've you know and they've played a game, whereas we're going to come in off the back of not playing for two weeks, three weeks, yeah. Two yeah. longer than that, and having having at least a, a number of players out. Yeah isolating for a period of time it's going to take us a while to get going that's what i mean by having to be a bit patient we're not going to go away and be three nil up inside 20 minutes because i think it's going to take us a bit of time especially if we don't get it some sort of behind closed doors friendly involved yeah okay next question do you uh gordon murphy this is from do you think it's better to bring older proven players down from a higher league or younger players who have performed great in a lower league I think our budget probably just <laughs> dictates that uh, we are yeah. towards the latter rather than the, um, I mean, the perfect, the optimum is to have both, isn't it? Or a mix of both at least. Um, but we've probably got players, younger players, who've come from higher up than, than us, I would think. I'm just thinking of, well, obviously Wakefield played for uh, our level. Low, low Everton, he, he obviously came from higher as well, didn't he? I'm trying to think of other young players that we brought in this summer who. Well, Barnett's young, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Morgan Williams isn't exactly old. Max Hunt wasn't exactly, he's not kicking on, is he? Max Hunt, I mean, the keeper's not particularly ancient, to be precise. So, yeah, you want a bit of both. I think it depends what you're after for a specific position. If you are looking for a, a, a fearless attacker who's just going to get the ball and run, you probably do want to go get a young kid with a with a little bit of uh, something about them that like a sunny blue low Everton. If you need a leader, if you need a Luke Wilkinson, you go and get a Luke Wilkinson and you have to splash out a few quid for that. And that's kind of what we've done with, with Mark Little, isn't it? To try and get someone who's been there and done it and can guide a few others in the process. So you need a bit of a, you need a bit of a balance depending on what you need at that time. Um, but I think actually we've, we've probably got a, a reasonable balance because you've got a few players in there who maybe aren't the oldest, but have got through some games Ruben Reed and Joe Quigley have both played significant-ish number of games, and they're not exactly the oldest of old. No, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a combination of both. I mean, if you can get younger players 
from higher up as well, like we've done with Morgan Williams, who's been mm. around like a football league setup. That's that's ideal. As is, you know, signing an older player from lower, such as Reese Murphy. You know, we signed him from a, a South National League South team. So, you know, I think it's, um, you know, every player is different, aren't they? Everyone comes from a different background. It could be you pick up a 30-year-old who's been banging in goals for fun and he goes on up the leagues at that age. And it's just each one's different, aren't they? Um, I think as a, as a strategy, I think as for Yeovil Town as a football club, my preference as a strategy would be to sign young players, produce young players so that you can then sell them on and, and get the money from there rather than sign older players because, as we know, their resale value is not really there you know we've seen how many did we see leave this summer for nothing after paying them quite a lot for two seasons i think you have to take a bit of a gamble on things like injuries as well if you take a gamble on lawson diaz and he gives you two full seasons of playing it's very best a you're probably going to benefit from it and b someone's going to come around with 100 grand and say oh, we'll, we'll take him Charlie Wakefield may end up being one of those players where you think actually he probably is going to play higher at some point in his life. If he can prove himself as being fit for a year, who knows if someone might come in for, for him in a, in a few years time, you might even be talking the same about Tom Knowles at the end of the season. You know, someone's got a few quid and he can prove himself. Yeah. You probably are right. As a longer term strategy, I'd rather, I'd rather get young but I'd rather also start making a few younger players. Imagine if we were in a position in a year's time that Toby Stevens has played 25 games, X number of assists, X number of goals, has really shown himself, and then suddenly someone in the championship wants to take a punt. They can, and we'll get the benefit from it. So, yeah, ideally, if you can have a longer-term strategy of, of making and creating youngers with maybe having to sprinkle in a bit of experience that are dropping down, that would be the right way around to do it. Okay, next question. Toby Bushnell. I don't really know where this one has come from, but I'll go with it anyway. So we might get a new bar at Hewish Park, maybe one day, uh, which I guess anything could happen maybe one day. Um, what thing would you each love to see in a new bar if it happens? Well, the bar thing comes from, doesn't it come from Scott's video? Yeah, he said oh, that. Yeah. Where yeah. he said he's got plans to put a bar behind the... Thatcher's Terrace. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah, but is that a bar as in a thing could happen in a bar? Is that a bar as in a a tent with someone pulling pints? Well, I, I presume it's a bit more of a bar than a, bar. a, than a, than a tent, a more of a permanent structure, maybe. I know it's all, you know, very vaguely explained, but that's my working assumption. What would I like to see in it? I've got an answer for this. That's yeah, good. I've got one as well. I want to see a Hall of Fame. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I do. I want to see us every year induct people, past players, supporters who mean a lot to us, into a Hall of Fame and start that feeling of having the club come back together. We, we, we spoke to Kevin Gore, didn't we, about it, about having that connection between the oldest, more successful years. Well, let's start by inducting one player from a golden era into a Hall of Fame and let's induct... Pat Custard as the supporter of the year for what she does and what she's done over the years. And then every year you induct a player, should we say a player, a manager and a, a supporter, a person, whatever it may be, every year. And you make a big deal of it. 
And then that Hall of Fame is always there for people to see and for families to go and see. And you integrate the uh, memorial garden into it and things like that. That's what I'd like to see, a Hall of Fame. Who's going in first? Who's your first inductee? Oh, wow. You'd probably have to go Alex Stock and Dave Taylor for those goals. When it, I mean, unless you want to go sort of newer era, in which case you're looking at probably Skibbo, probably <laughs> from the newest era. Um, but if Gary, you want to go... Gary Johnson? Probably, yeah, Gary and and Skivo, but you could go you could go old couldn't you and go Alex Stock for everything he did in 49 and all the rest of it but or McCollin like, yeah Andre yeah. McCollin yeah Andre McCollin's a shoe in yeah yeah, yeah. so Flavian <laughs> Belson Flavian Belson 45 minutes sent off see you later Nicholas Merzer hit the crossbar <laughs> challenge on Soccer AM Kabongo Shimanga yes <laughs> loads of goals at this level never kicked a ball for us though. Um, so yeah that's that's my genuine actual real idea there you go. Yeah. You can well, have I've that. Got, I've got nothing. I've got nothing to match that. So <laughs> I won't even bother. Come on, come on, Dave. I, I was going to say a skit, Lally, but but <laughs> that's yeah, so much no, better. But no, no, it's not. But no, the it thing is. is skittles is just not a thing anywhere else I know. other than the West Country. Is they it? They don't get it up here. They, they don't no. get it. I've tried you to explain skittles. it. I said, well, it's kind of like temping bowling, but it's not really. But you pay a 14-year-old to put the pins up at your end. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That was my first job. I was 12. Yeah. I did it for my nan's team. I tell you what, if you, had a skittle, Lally, if you had a skittle alley at Hewish Park, that would be full. It's like, how oh, many yeah. leagues are there? Well, I remember yeah. when I worked for the Western Gazette, we used to spend hours inputting tables from skittles yeah. leagues. There's, there must be like one every night of the week. If you, if you can get a bar that has... A skittles, a dance, and a pool yeah. facility. You would fill that seven nights a week. I'm not yeah, even kidding. You would yeah. fill it seven nights a week, just with the teams. And if you put, you've only got to put sausage and chips on for the yeah. teams, the away team. Best thing about it, skittles tea. Don't worry, mum. I don't need anything cooking. Skittles tonight. I got skittles tea. Yeah. Used to you you, used to judge the pubs on what their skittles food was like. Oh, we're off to the Royal Oak. They do a banging cottage pie. Oh no, we're off there where they just leave you the leftovers from the Sunday roast. Oh, rubbish. <laughs> so they judge it. It's difficult. It's like cricket teas. You've got to get it right. But definitely Skittles Alley. Yeah. Definitely a Skittles Alley. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of the other questions we've got is Hang on. Uh, oh, go on. Sorry. I am back. No, no, no. I was gonna, I was gonna, there was gonna be a segue there, but go on. I me segue. Sorry, I want any bar if it's selling food or drink to have local stuff in it local beers we've got yeovil Wells right around the corner from jewish park get their beers in there's hundreds of cider farms around get the local somerset ciders in not just thatcher's gold if there um, are if there are any local cider farms that want to sponsor the glovers cast i'm more than happy to shout you out nudge nudge wink wink perry cider just outside of ilminster you're more than welcome to do it <laughs> yes and harry's and yep. Sheppies. But that's a really, that's a really good yeah. shout. That's a really good shout, actually. It's something that I know a, a few clubs have started. Have you seen that? Was it Brighton that fill the away end? They make the effort to go and get when yeah, did local, we go, they get go local get, beers yeah, in for the away, away fans, fans, knowing that they'll sell out, knowing that if you go to Brighton as a Yeovil fan, you're going to get Thatchers, you're going to get whatever. Yeah. So actually, to go to that level, if we can welcome. You know, if we welcome a Yorkshire club and they've got a Kirkstall Brewery thing that we have down the corner here, that you're gonna you're gonna buy it, you're gonna do it. So yeah, good shout, good shouts all even round. like like local catering companies and stuff, bring them in to you know for today's you know for Saturday at Kings Lynn, we've got this local local 
company that's brilliant at like pulled pork and pulled beef and all these types of you know it's Making a barbecue a barbecue weekend and then weekend afters i don't know falafel you know carrot sticks carrot, carrot sticks and hummus is that when forest green rover plays and it is the next home game <laughs> fc halifax carrot sticks and hummus <laughs> sponsored by dave Pryor. yeah <laughs> there we go Okay, sorry if I ruined your segue, Dave. Hopefully, no. That's 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 three very good ideas, very real ideas, and you can have them for free. Yeah. Well, if they don't happen, then my segue was going to be that at Jolly Green Giant said, "Does David Coates sound a bit comfortably?" Well, I don't know if he can type. He's got quite big hands, isn't he? I can't imagine he can type on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Does David Coates sound a bit uncomfortably like Scott Priestnell? I don't know if that's me sounding like Scott Priestnell when he is uncomfortable, but um, (laughs) presumably, if I am Scott Priestnell and I'm going to do the whole Scooby Doo moment and unmask myself on camera, which I'm not, by the way, then I've just taken those three ideas, haven't I? If any of those three ideas appear. There is a chance I am Scott Priestnell, but I've never seen you and him in the same room at the same time. No, point. I've never seen me and him in the same <laughs> room either. So maybe I am. Maybe I am. I've always told I sound very northern. In fact, the uh, my friends <laughs> at the my friends at the do I sound northern? You do sound northern, Dave. In my in my northern. head, I don't sound northern. But you see, Ben's lived lived up north for a long time. He doesn't sound northern. But when no. I was at um, that final match that we played uh, at, at Dover. The Green and Whites, uh, there's a live called Jake from the Green and Whites, ripped the piss out of me. For sure. At the beginning of the game, it sounded, come on, Yorville! <laughs> like that. So, so, there you go. There's nothing, I don't think there's a lot northern about Scott Priest. Also. I'm sorry, Jolly. I mean, he is, he is from the north, isn't Was he? he? Yeah, yeah, he's from Chesterfield, I think. That's not the north. All right. That's the, that's the Midlands oh, at the best, isn't it? North yeah. Derbyshire. Okay, right, well. Yeah, he is from, he is from Manchester. He doesn't sound like he's, though, does he? Yes, he does. Is he? All right. Okay. All right, maybe I am Scott <laughs> Priestnell, I don't just, know. Maybe you just don't hear it, mate. You just don't no, hear it. No, I don't. It. I don't hear, <laughs> there's anyone who's ever met me, I don't hear a lot very well, so there we go. <laughs> right. Uh, well, that, I don't, you don't uncomfortably, you don't, yeah, I don't think you sound like Scott. There you go. There you go. Well, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Who knows? We'll find out one day, I'm sure. Were there any others? I thought. Well, I have got a good question, which I'm not sure either of you are going to be able to answer, but I think it's one that we should throw out, and it's come from uh, Glover's Cast reigning quiz champion, as he referred to himself, Nigel Dyson. It is a good Twice. one. Ben will like this one in particular. So yesterday, Saturday, um, Burnley named a starting 11 with squad numbers 1 to 11 with actual players in the right position. Um, Can you think of an occasion when Yeovil Town did this since squad numbers were introduced? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure if we would have done that because Lockwood wore two and played centre-back. Pluck wore five and played left-back. I'm not sure we've ever would have had that Think it was the first time it's happened in the Premier League since 1999 right. when Charlton did it. Um, but it was absolutely perfect. Everyone was in the right position. Two, five, six, three, four. I heard this midfielders. on the radio. And my Eight first uh, attacking midfielder, seven, eleven, <laughs> nine and ten up front. It was perfect. The most Sean Dyche thing that could have ever happened. That is an excellent question. 
Yeah. I feel like we would, we've had too many anomalies that make me a little bit uncomfortable. Jimmy Smith wearing five, for example. Um, Terry so, Skiverton wearing number four and not being a holding midfielder. Exactly, yeah. We've gone too long with too many players that wear the wrong numbers. Skiverton yeah. should have worn five or six. Darren Way wearing six. Darren Way should not be wearing six. You are so, not, you are not a, a centre-back or a Roberto Carlos. I did ask Nigel if he knew the answer, because to be honest, if anyone <laughs> did know the answer, it was probably him. And he said, well, the first game we played with squad numbers and names was the trophy final. And we started with 1-11. to 11. I can't remember an instance since then, but I'm not sure. Wow. So, so that would have been, but that would have been Lockwood at right back wearing two. Tonkin at left back wearing three. Skivo. Skivo ruins that. He's not a defensive. Uh, I think you can have a number four who's a defensive defender. Nick Crittenden's Nick Crittenden's not a number ten, is he? No. Nick Crittenden should have been wearing seven on that side. McKindo's an eleven. McKindo's fine. McKindo counts. He counts. Carl Alford's a nine. Yeah. Adam Stansfield's not a seven. No, he should have been wearing ten. Yeah. And Lee Lee, Lee Johnson's fine. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, so let's put that one out there then. If anybody is um well, I'm not going to get to sleep tonight, am I? Jesus I'm Christ. I'm going to go the, looking uh, through all of those. That's me in the Ciderspace archives now. Thank you very much. Yep. Cheers. Cheers, Nigel. Right. Well, that was a question from Nigel anyway. It's so a cracking so. question, by the way. Yeah. More it's... more squad number questions are appreciated here on the Glover's Cast. Okay. And can I ask the two of you a question? Yeah. Where are we in the table now, in the National League table, as we speak here on a Sunday night? Where are we? What Joint position? 11th. Can you be joint 11th? Yes. Because I would say we were 14th. But someone said to me, no, we can't be 14th because uh, we've got the same points as, what is it, Bromley, Grimsby, all the other ones that didn't play. Bromley, Grimsby, Eastley. Yeah. So alphabet, what alphabet has Y at the same level or above G, E and B? Maybe. Answer me that. Maybe maybe we're top of them because we've got the most COVID cases. <laughs> yeah, is that what they? Is that what it goes down to? If you haven't got points or goal we, difference, it's COVID cases. In which case, we we could we could win this. We could walk the league. Yeah, walk the lead on COVID cases. Uh, oh. Good question. I mean, if the number says fourteen, yeah, but it um, doesn't on flash odds. On flash well, odds, it depends where you look, doesn't it? A lot of a lot of different things. Say, so I looked at the BBC. The BBC said fourteen, but side yeah. We're well, okay. scouring the National League rules. Talk amongst yourselves, kids. Right. <laughs> it's not what you want to do at 20 past nine on a Sunday, really, is it? It's not. No, it's not. not well, I think that pretty much puts us out of questions. Do we have an answer already? Because someone did ask why are so many, uh, why were there so many home wins, uh, no home wins in the opening day? Yeah. We did touch on that one, didn't we? And then no. there were questions about um, investment and potential new owners, but I don't think any of us have got any answers about that beyond uh, what has already been publicly declared. No. Okay. The silence says it all. Nothing going on, is there? It's all quiet. Exactly. Wait until we play a game. And then we might find out how's Ruby Reed getting on and uh, how's Mark Little getting on. And uh, yeah, are either of them back for this game against uh, Kingsland? Yeah, it'd be good to have some uh, news coming out of the club, wouldn't it, about what's happening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who, who's on the training ground? Who's not? 
yeah. at how long who is going to be out for, blah, blah, blah. That would all be very good. Um, Found an answer. Go on. So it's goal difference first. In the event of goal difference being equal, it is the highest. Um, it would be most goals, obviously all equal. In the event of that being the same, it would be going to the most matches, one. That's all equal. In the event of two clubs still, or two or more clubs still being equal, it will go on their head-to-head, all equal. So if, if the records of two or more clubs are still equal and it is necessary for any reason to determine the position of each, then the clubs concerned shall play off a deciding match or matches on a neutral ground. So us versus Grimsby versus Bromley versus Eastley <laughs> has clearly happened behind closed doors over the course of the past <laughs> couple of days. Is that we f- won. Is that a fatal four-way? Yeah, yeah. Everyone was on there's 44 players on the pitch. We four, came out on top. Four goals. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. So, congratulations to you over for winning that. Because that we wouldn't are... have been easy. That was four, two, three good teams there. We are eleventh in the table. Yeah. Yep. Done. Sorted. Fantastic. Thanks for that. Well Alphabet done, never even came into it then, <laughs> which is good for us. <laughs> yeah, that would have to. That would be a real shame, wouldn't it? Sorry, you can't win because your name's Yeovil. <laughs> exactly. Just... We are alphabetically <laughs> challenged to be sure. Yeah. There'd be some good clubs in Denmark. It's like Alborg, isn't it? With two two A's at the front of their name. Yeah. They'll, they'll be... They'll Hard be Fark the Town, we should name ourselves too, shouldn't we? Yeah. We could do. We could do. I'm not sure. I feel this has deteriorated. I feel we've turned a corner now, lads. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it, it, it turned at Hard Vark Town. <laughs> <laughs> All anteaters, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Right. Cheers, lads. We'll talk in a week, shall we? Thanks very much. Will indeed. Speak soon. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal!